Welcome to the Competent Couples Podcast, Episode 4. This is a podcast for couples who want to strengthen their relationship and be more intentional. As part of our intentional practice series, we discuss about how we talk about budgeting and money. You'll hear how we make a budget, stick to a budget, and communicate openly about money. Let's get to it. Who's ready to talk money? Money, money, money. <laughs> Even you look a little exhausted just thinking about it. And no, this is one of your favorite topics. No, I don't think I'm exhausted. I think that I'm just, I don't know. You're here. I'm here. We're here for you. Yes. And we're ready to talk budgeting and finance today, which really is one of Bud's favorite topics and something he spends a lot of time thinking about for his job and also for our personal finances. And it's also something that we think is really important in the context of a committed relationship. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are like, don't worry about it, don't like, and there's a difference between not worrying about it and like not even paying attention to it. Not worrying about what? Money. Like, you know, don't worry about it. Money will be fine. Like, if you're too focused on money, then it's like... Too stressful? A bad thing. Or that it's like a bad thing or that somebody really cares about. And I've just never bought into that notion to begin with. That, like, you don't need to be the sole focus. But, like, if you don't think about it at all, then, like, is that it's fail to plan, plan to fail. If you don't have a plan, then you should plan to fail. Something like that. And I, I know where you're going. And I think that's really where I come at it from our money side for us. And that for us, it's always been about planning and making a budget and having a goal and end in mind and working yourself back there. And we always haven't been very good at this. We really struggle with this the first couple of years. And some of that's because, you know, we're brand new and haven't been in a house and paying bills and making money and college and when we're living at home it's different than it is when you're out on your own and you know you under budget you over budget you screw some things up you overspend things happen yeah but by always having a budget and always having a a process for us for me for to start a relationship for me looking at it regularly that really helped build the confidence that we could handle it and then we took us into the kind of where we're at right now with a bunch more involved integrated processes together. Well, it's important to point out that when we got married it was really shortly after college. So we didn't really start a life separately handling professional finances and real paychecks separately and then bring them together. It was like we figured out how to be adults with money at the same time. And so there's always challenges related to that, but We know, as we mentioned in episode one, which was all about our three-legged stool, money and finance is one of the most important parts of a relationship and something that a committed relationship or marriage really relies upon. I think it's one of the main things that causes tension within a relationship. So we knew we had to figure it out. And I'm glad that we have processes now that really work and that we're able to talk about those and share about them. And I think that stress and money can come from a lot of things. And if you look at the other side of the coin where happiness comes from, yes, I do prescribe to the notion that money can't buy you happiness. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have money and you don't know how to get some or where your money's going or you're overspending or you're you're having financial challenges... 
what that does create is that it will create stress if you don't have a plan. Definitely. Whether you have money or you don't, if you don't know what's going on with it, that's stressful. And that's what we're really, when we talk about why you want to build a budget, why you want to talk about it regularly, why you want to integrate it as part of the three-legged stool, is so you mitigate as much stress around it as possible. Yeah. I really want to talk about why it's important to have a budget because we do live on a pretty specific budget. And I give a lot of credit to Bud for this because he's the person that really spends the time at the beginning of each year to set up that budget and also continues to monitor it throughout the year. So let's talk a little bit about why it's important to have a budget, why we have one and uh, why we've created a system around it. So it always started with us around three main goals. We wanted to pay ourselves in a savings plan first. Then we knew we had fixed expenses that were always going to come no matter what we did every month. And then the last bucket was discretionary expenses. So by going through that process of saving first, then setting, laying out, really, I mean, your fixed expenses are what they are. So then you got to lay out what your fixed expenses are, what your mortgage is, what your utilities are, or what your rent is, any food for your pet, food, food for, for yourself. Yourselves. I mean, food for Jetta is way more Obviously, important than food for Bud, Jetta. Obviously, Bud mentions food for Jetta first. I will starve before <laughs> Jetta misses a meal. But she will skip a meal before... She'll skip a meal and starve herself, but that's her own choice. If you don't know, Jetta is our French bulldog and the love of our life. Yes. So those you just got to lay out and establish what they are. And then, then you've got what's left. So then you can figure out what is important to us and what are your priorities for having fun. So we prioritize travel. And so we put a lot of our money behind travel. Others may prioritize entertainment or staying in town or gifts and family or, I mean, what, what uh, else? Shopping. A boat, um, shopping, toys, all those things. Like, And I don't have a problem with any of it. As long as you're spending your money on saving first and you're covering your fixed expenses and you know what you got left, prioritize what you care about and spend the rest of it. I've called it burn the rest of the cash on whatever you want because you've already covered your first two bases. And the third base is to have fun and to do what you enjoy. So I definitely think even though we've got a great process for budgeting, or Bud does, there are experts on this. So you can certainly get some more information about how to determine what expenses you have and then how to figure out how much you're going to need to spend on each each month. But if we can talk a little bit about how we do this, we really actively track every one of our expenses and everything we spend money on using a software program called Quicken. And a lot of that's automated. So if we spend money on a credit card, it automatically gets brought into Quicken. If we make a deposit or withdrawal from the bank account, we also have that connected to the Quicken system. So this is a software program that brings in our expenses and then Bud spends time most weekends categorizing those expenses into different categories. And I spend about, I mean, if I do it fast and I'm hustling, maybe 15 minutes. That's good. You know, if I'm taking my time and I'm not really worried or I'm doing something else simultaneously, oftentimes watching a movie on my iPad while I'm doing this or watching a movie on TV or whatever else, it's maybe a half an hour commitment. I mean, it's somewhere between like, to 10, depending on how often you do it, it's somewhere commit time commitment between 10 and 20 minutes. And it takes a little bit 
of rhythm. If you're brand new, when you're brand new to doing it, I will say it takes a little bit longer. You're getting a little bit of rhythm about what stuff is. And then you get a rhythm and a rhyme. You set up some reminders or one of the things you can do in Quicken. And you get a plan and you just kind of know what's going on. And I probably spend more time texting you or yelling to you in the house about... <laughs> What's this charge? Did, did you spend $15 at such and such coffee shop? Yes, yes, I did. Or did you spend whatever, whatever at another, you know, apparel store or whatever, or something that I don't recognize. So those are probably the things that take more time than anything else. And the computer program of or Quicken can really help you move through this process faster and it handles everything for us from categorizing expenses to setting our budget and planning everything out. So we do have a budget set up in the Quicken software program and that's something that Bud does on an annual basis. So he looks through our finances, what we spent last year and any expected expenses in the upcoming year and actually figures out what are we going to spend in each category for the next year. This is a more in-depth process, but I've found it really, really helpful. So he actually says, this is how much we can expect to pay on our mortgage every month. This is the amount that we should be paying on our gas bill and our electric bill. And then this is the amount of money we're going to allocate for those discretionary expenses. So this is how much we're going to spend on entertainment, like eating out or going out with friends or buying concert tickets or more likely going to a bar and having some beers. And another thing that I think people get themselves stuck into when they're categorized, I was like, oh, like an entertainment. OK, well, let's pick on entertainment for a second. We have it just as one lump slush fund, basically, like entertainment budget for the month. And everything goes into that that we do in our hometown from going out to eat, going to the bar, buying dinner. I mean, buying if we're going out to a movie or tickets to a show or anything like that, coffee, donuts, all that stuff. So, like, we don't have, like, these minute mini categorizational processes that I think if you're worried about this, you could be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to categorize every single expense into a specific category? Right. Like that is not what it's about. It is about gaining power over your finances in a big picture from 30,000 foot view and having the information to dig down into more detail if needed. But like, don't make a coffee. Like if you're a big Starbucks drinker, don't make a coffee one. Like, just don't do it. Make it an entertainment budget that can encompass your coffee consumption along with every other entertainment and put it all in there. Yes. And don't do your travel. We pick another one as complex as travel is, you know, airfare, hotels, activities while you're traveling, going out to dinner. Like, dump them all in together in just one travel budget. Don't be so picky about what... Because it's all in the... like. It all rolls up to the top line travel budget expense anyway, so don't get picky. You're going to drive yourself crazy. You are going to turn 15 or 20 minutes, and I'm advocating you spend on doing this, into an hour, like, in no time. Yeah, and overall, it's more important that it's just going into a discretionary account because those are all things that aren't fixed expenses necessary for living your life. These are fun things that you're doing. So just making sure it goes into some discretionary account accomplishes the task of making sure you're staying on budget in fixed expenses, saving, and discretionary expenses. 
So that kind of lays out what we've done as a process. Now, where we've gotten much better at this is using the, another leg of the stool, communication around what I was doing in our first part of our marriage was I would do the work, we would agree on the annual budget, and then Sarah would see it, we'd talk about it again 12 months later, 365 <laughs> which days, which is help. ridiculous. Like. And I, it would get to be like June. And like I said, we were young and we weren't like, we were bad budgeters. We didn't know how much things were costing or we made, we made guesses. At the end of the day, we made guesses and some of those guesses were wrong. So by the time June rolled around, we had burned up all our money on in entertainment was Mm -hmm. one of them. And then like for the next three months, we'd go out to dinner and I would just be like, shit. We're way over. We're already way over. And I didn't and know. just going more. And I'm just toiling away by myself in my own little head, not talking to my lovely wife about what what's going on with her money. And so I, was I was just joyfully like, eating chicken wings. Another round. Keep them coming. <laughs> um, so by getting us to where, by me opening my mouth and talking about this, we were able to get to a place where we don't worry about where we are. And we've done that by adding budgets, discussion and finance discussion into our monthly life planning dinner. So that uh, every monthly life planning dinner, we start with our appreciation, then we go into finances and we talk about where we're at on the budget. We talk about where we're at on stocks or investments and a couple other things like cash flow is another thing that we look at. And what it's done for us is that because our household, we both spend money and we're both doing things with our credit cards and cash on a regular basis. By both of us looking at it, we both understand where we're at every month. Yeah. And I like it. I like being part of the process. Again, using a software like Quicken or something else for budgeting allows Bud to print out a report for me, which we always take to whatever restaurant we're going to for life dinner. So that's super hilarious for me. I love sitting down with a spreadsheet at dinner or having the computer and looking over the spreadsheets. I feel so like we're got, getting down in a deep conversation over here. That's right. Give but you I something also, to talk about. You won't, st- you won't stare at your phone all dinner. That's true. And I like feeling involved and seeing where we are on every budget account every single month. Because if I know that we're over on groceries so far for the year, I can make adjustments in how the groceries are shopped for and maybe choose different meals or plan simpler meals for us to eat. And I'm able to adjust in real time and hopefully make up some of the difference. When I didn't know, it was just like, I just did whatever I wanted because I didn't have a clue. And now I'm empowered with the knowledge of where we are in budgeting and can make decisions based on that information, which is really helpful. There's another thing that we've done really good is making the democratization of our discretionary spending. So as talking about these together really let me, it didn't get me off the hook, but it let me get my concerns and challenges out into the world. And how did you feel? I felt way better. Of course, because communication makes you feel better. And one partner not shouldering a burden as large as the entire family's finances, I mean, that doesn't feel good. 
So having both partners invested and knowing what's going on and talking about where things are and adjustments that need to be made, that feels good. It lifts so much weight off the person who may in your relationship be more closely related with the finance and the budgeting, which is totally normal. I think there's usually a partner in a relationship that cares more about the budgeting and money than the other. And that person shouldn't have to be the bad guy or the bad gal and be the one that's constantly like, we can't afford this. Let's cut that out. We're out of money, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's all such negativity that a relationship doesn't need. Both partners in a relationship where money is shared need to be equally responsible for it. So we've avoided a lot of those challenges by just having the candid discussions around like, this is the pot of money we have to spend. How do we want to split it up together? We treat it very fairly as 50-50 partnership. So like a few years ago, Sarah negotiated to have a decorating budget for the house. Yeah. We moved into this house five years ago and we bought a lot of new things for it then, which was great. And we bought enough things where Bud was kind of like, we got enough stuff. And in the budget for a couple years, there wasn't a single dollar for buying any decorative items for the house. So we don't need blinds. <laughs> we don't we need, don't need throw curtains. pillows. They don't stay <laughs> on the bed. They're haphazardly useful on a couch. So this is an example of something that's not important to Bud, but really is important to me. I think occasionally I would like to buy some fresh flowers for the house or maybe a cozy blanket for a room that's cold. And there was nowhere in the budget for something like that. So a couple of years ago, I did say, hey, I haven't bought anything new for the house in two years. Can we have some money in this budget for home decorating type purchases? And what do you think is realistic? And we were able to have a conversation around that topic enough that I can now buy like Let's one whole pillow. blanket. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the huge allocation. I'm a better um, negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> I thought going from zero to something was good and has definitely been good enough. So, I mean, that's just one example of some give and take and having both partners involved in setting the budget. And for those partners out there that are big into the budgetary stuff and you kind of hold the keys of the kingdom, be open to having your partner negotiate and talk to you and find common ground on an item like this so that they can go out and they're there. If you're treating your money the way we do, where it's all the money comes in and it gets spent together and we are a dual income household, almost earning the same amount as each other. Like she's got just as much right to spending this money as I do. Yeah. And I've and always treated it like that. And that is a very important part to the way I come at it from a mindset standpoint so that it's fair and equal and honest and that it is she's just on a level playing field with me as much as I am. I don't hold a power grudge or a power or overlord or anything else. And I just want to point out that at the beginning of our marriage, I didn't earn as much money within the budget and I didn't feel like that was held over my head. I think you did a, a really good job making me feel like an equal partner in the money-making decisions, even when I wasn't contributing as much. So six years ago, I was starting a brand new business and did not have a steady paycheck. And we really invested in me starting this business and growing it and 
So I didn't have a lot coming in in the first few years of this, but that didn't mean that my opinion was less important or that I didn't get to make any decisions about how the money was spent just because I didn't earn it. And I think that's really important because we are in a rare and unusual circumstance, I think, that right now we earn about the same amount of money, but I don't think that happens in most couple situations. There's usually someone that earns more than the other. So I think it really helps to have money discussions, especially when there is an income disparity or maybe a debt disparity or something that you guys come at it as a couple instead of coming at it as the earner and the non-earner or the two individuals. It goes back to you can go farther together than you can alone. And like isolating this stuff has just never been in our mindset of like your money, your problem, my money, my problem. Like it's just never been our philosophy around this stuff. It's our money, our problem. Yeah, definitely. Or might be sitting there and be like, well, what's my first step to do this? And I think my first step to get, you know, I've never done this before. So what's my first step to do this is to sit down, write a note to yourself with like a handful of categories you think make sense to budget. Mortgage, rent, entertainment, groceries, car, gas and fuel, you know, any kind of debt payments you have. Things like that. You know what? Let's put a short list in the show notes of some things that we think about we, that might be good categories to start with. put our exact list in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, great. And start there and see where that goes. Yeah, start simple. And then your challenge for this episode, because we love challenges, is to present that list to your partner and take them out to dinner or talk to them at night or grab a beer around the table and talk about the categories and how you think it's important to sit down and plan out a budget together and you want to do it together and you want to do it as a team so that you're planning this out. Making sure that money isn't a stressor in your relationship. That's right. You know how important it is. And you know, you can have these money conversations and you guys might get down with it and you're like, you're still behind the eight ball. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? We still got too much debt. We're not bringing enough money. We'd like to do this and this. But if you, I promise you, if because we've been there, if you're behind the eight ball and you don't like where you're at, just knowing where you're at and having a plan to where you're going to get to where you want to be. With your partner. A lot of that stress will melt away. Knowing that you're on the same page about money and finance and that you're going to work towards where you want to be together brings such strength to a relationship. And it's something that I think you'll really enjoy. I love it. Maybe you won't love it as much as me. (laughs) I'm just a weirdo. But it's going to be really happy for you if you do this. (laughs) So please bring him some joy and let us know. So if you do have a great conversation about money, finance, and budgeting as a result of this episode, we would love to hear about it. Post on Instagram with hashtag confident couples. Let us know you listened and we would love to reply back and Bud will cheer for you. Maybe I'll even get him to do a cartwheel or something. Extra credit, hashtag Bud budget. (laughs) Ooh, Bud's Bud's own hashtags here. Hashtag Bud budget. And he's going to check that every single day, hoping someone uses it. So just so you know, make his day. teach me how to check hashtags first. Oh my gosh. Okay, I can do that. (laughs) So thanks so much for listening to this episode and cheers to confident couples. Hey, thanks for joining us for the confident couples podcast. If you want to help create more confident couples, share this episode, post a screenshot on your social media and tag us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. 
For show notes for this episode and even more good stuff and advice, head to our website at budandsarah.com. We'll see you soon.